Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. And welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, along the answer expert, the answer man. That's right, we're talking about George Kurtz. George, how we doing? Mr. Galena, well, we're doing, we're doing, Joe. Uh, dealing with a summer cold, man, never fun. Oh, I hate that. Thanks. But you're going to make it? But you're going to make it? Yeah, I'm a hockey player, man. I'll, I'll power through. I think I was in a NyQuil <laughs> haze this morning, but uh, mm-hmm. now um, I'm, I'm definitely feeling a little bit, maybe a little nasally, but feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, how was your fourth? How was my fourth? Did you fourth? have the cold on the fourth? No, uh, the cold started, uh, I guess, yesterday. So what was yesterday? It was sixth. Mm-hmm. So it started, I was in Coney Island, uh, not for the fourth, the day after. And I guess maybe nice. the sun, a little de- dehydration, maybe that's what uh, brought this on here. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what I actually did for the fourth, and you know what? I don't remember. Oh, no, never mind. I remember. Yeah. I went to, a, went to a party. It was good. Good. A lot of fireworks. I went to somebody's house. This, this man believed in fireworks, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. How was uh, Coney Island? Did you ride the cyclone? I did. I did. Did you? Uh, okay. Yeah. First time there. I didn't realize it was the first time I've ever been to Coney Island. So it was mm-hmm. a good time. Great day. Beautiful day. Actually had a breeze. Yeah. We hit the beach. We hit the cyclone. Did a couple other rides. I think mm-hmm. everybody had a good time. Would you ride it again, the cyclone? The cyclone? Sure. Yeah, I I think... are, you a, are you a roller coaster guy? or? Well, it's funny. Uh, they scare the life out of me. So uh, I don't open my eyes. Well, it's a wooden roller coaster, right? It's yes. Like, like, like yeah. Rolling Thunder in, uh, in Great Adventure. Same and, thing. Right, right, right. You yeah, know, so, I, I've uh, ridden it once, the Cyclone. I won't ride it again. It was like something that, hey, it was there. I did it. Uh, you know, it was a rough ride. Because like we said, yes. It's, a, it's, it's a, very yeah, herky-jerky. It's rough, yes. Uh, but it's fun, you know, and, and I could say, hey, I rode the Cyclone. I said, I, I, I do get afraid of these things, the, uh, the roller coasters. Mm-hmm. My, my eyes are closed. Mm-hmm. And I could bend those steel bars, man, because I'm gripping on for, for dear life. <laughs> I don't get it, you know, how, uh, how my kids, when they go on, you know, they're 75 pounds. How they're not flying out of these seats. I'm 100 oh, pounds boy. heavier than them, and I'm getting lifted up. So I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's physics or whatever the hell. But uh, well, as you said, went on it. That was the last thing we did. Went on the uh, cyclone. <laughs> it's it's not a, a huge roller coaster. It's not like it's uh, you know 10 stories high or anything like that. So right, uh, right, right, right. I guess as far as other coasters that I've been on, it wasn't as scary, but it's very herky jerky, and you do uh, yes, your neck absolutely. your neck takes a beating. Yes. And, uh, you know, when my kids were younger, we used to go to Six Flags all the time. And my wife doesn't ride roller coasters. So, of course, I had a ride with them. Now I have two kids, right? Some roller coasters, some of the newer ones have, like, three in a row. So that's fine. You know, I could ride with them. And the others that have the two-seat, I'm sitting behind them. But what could I do? God forbid something would happen. 
you know, it's not like, you know, with the G-Force, it's not like I could reach out, God forbid, if they were flying out of this roller coaster. I mean, it's just basically, God forbid something happens, I've got this image that I'd never be able to erase from my mind. So thank God nothing ever happened. But like like you, I mean, I, you know, I, I ride roller coasters, but, you know, you know those, those roller coasters that have that slow incline, you know, I, I do often say a prayer, say, hey, look, you know, if you... If you get me through this one, I won't ride anymore. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's all fun. It is all so, fun. Uh, yes. So, uh, talking uh, sports, right? Fantasy sports. We're uh, a, a little bit uh, over the midway point of the uh, baseball season. Can you believe it? It has. Uh, it does seem to have gone by pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, strange. Was it like last week we were complaining about all the rain outs and how cold it was? Mm-hmm. And now we mm-hmm. are... Uh, mm-hmm. About what fifty six percent through the season here, so uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of people think that the All Star break is the halfway mark of the season. It's, it's not. not. I think the halfway mm-hmm. mark was actually not yesterday, but the Friday before, where that's mm-hmm. at some point the third or fourth game. Once that was completed, that was the halfway mark. Right. So, uh, any surprises either way for you? I mean, I'll give you one. I mean, uh, Nick Markakis. We've spoken about him uh, coming into this weekend, batting three twenty four, ten home runs, fifty eight runs batted in. I mean, you know. This guy hasn't put these kind of numbers up in a while, like early in his career. You know, it looked like he might have turned into maybe some kind of a, a power hitter, but never really developed. But all of a sudden, uh, you know, uh, is it the ballpark? I, I don't know. But Nick Markakis, man. <laughs> yeah, he looks great, right? I mean, uh, he yeah. should be an all-star mm-hmm. this year. He's uh, delivering everything you could ask for for the Braves. Uh, so mm-hmm. he's even better right now than he was when he was at Baltimore. So it was uh, mm-hmm. strange. Uh, yes, he's certainly a surprise, a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I guess they're. Uh, he, if you're a pessimist, you know Bryce Harper can't hit his way out of a paper bag. You know that's, that's a surprise. Uh, yeah, right. Who saw him hitting? Was he two thirteen right now or something silly like that? Who saw that coming? Yeah, yeah. I had him uh, right, just just about what you said. Two eleven, twenty one home runs, fifty runs batted in, and I mean since you mentioned him, uh, I guess that'll take us into uh, something I had notes on in terms of uh, his super agent Scott Boris being interviewed. And it ties into uh, something I wanted to bring up. And we got lots to talk about. We're going to talk fantasy baseball. We'll also focus uh, a bunch on fantasy football. The uh, Scott Fishbowl League uh, starts its draft Monday. So we're all excited about that. That's an industry draft that sprinkles in some fans as well. But um, so I wanted to talk. uh, I heard that the uh, baseball's competition committee uh, was uh, meeting and they were looking to uh, at, at some rule changes again. This time, talking about like the shift, maybe either banning it or limiting, you know, the shift. I mean, and uh, you mentioned Harper, right? And Scott Boris uh, basically is saying that uh, the shifts are discriminator- uh, discriminatory <laughs> against left-handed batters. Because uh, they could be uh, more drastic against them than against right-handed hitters. I mean, he's looking at uh, he's defending a guy that he's going to try to get a lot of money for uh, at the end of the season. I mean, he says his heart hit rate is fantastic. I mean, the other stuff is great, but just uh, he's being discriminated against. So, I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think Borges just shut the hell up. All right, uh, <laughs> that's what I think. Uh, I like I, you, I, I like you, George. <laughs> Bunt the ball, hit the ball the other way. Guess what? Those shifts go away. All right. What we're always trying to do is pull everything, yep. no matter where it is. And yeah, the shift's mm-hmm. gonna hurt you. You know, I mm-hmm. think I think to say you you can't play a certain defense is idiotic. You know, mm-hmm. in basketball you couldn't play a zone defense in basketball. Though that was stupid. You know, in, in football, mm-hmm. wait, they gotta eliminate blitzing in football? Nope, can't blitz anymore. 
You know, it's just stupid. There are, there are ways to mm-hmm. beat any defensive shit. The players just have to want to do it. And right now the batters mm-hmm. don't. All they're trying to do is hit home runs. That's all they're trying to do. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, the shift, the shift is fine with me. It's easy, it's easy to beat. The players have to want to do it. You're worried about right. shifting? Drop down a couple of bunts on the third baseline. Guess what? Shift goes They'll away. Stop it. They'll stop it. Absolutely. Uh, how much do you think that uh, this downslide is hurting uh, his value, Harper's value for a free agency? I mean, look, this guy could turn it on after the All-Star break. I mean, he could bat, you know, 350 the rest of the way and, you know, hit, uh, you know, a ton of home runs. But uh, do you think that at this stage, I mean, if he continues to struggle like this, it's going to hurt the market? Well, he's already hit a ton of home runs, right? I mean, he's on pace yeah. to hit 40. He's got 21. Yeah. Right. So he's going to hit, uh, well, he's on pace at around 40 uh, for the full mm-hmm. season. But, yeah. uh, I mean, the fact that once again, he's batting 213. So that, that's not helping. Uh, he's still a very mm-hmm. good outfielder. You know, I guess you have to ask yourself, why? Why isn't he hitting? Is he feeling the pressure for the contract? If so, then, you know, once he gets the contract, he'll be fine. Uh, he's only 25 mm-hmm. years old, so it's not like he's on the downside of his career. You're not worried about that. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, his, his, everything's down. OPS is down. Slugging's down. Uh, OBP's down. So he's not taking his walks either. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, it's just strange. It, it truly is just strange what's going on with Harper. I think he'll be fine. You know, bottom line, I think he'll be fine. I'm not really all that worried about him. I think he'll figure mm-hmm. it out. I mean... Fantasy-wise, if someone wants to trade me, Harper, I don't care what he's done now the first three months of the season. I only care what he's going to do from this point on. He's batting 1,000 for you. <laughs> right. I know he's going to bat 211 again. I think he'll, you know, maybe he'll go through another week where he's not going to hit. But after that, he'll, he'll be fine. I, I have to truly mm-hmm. believe that. But mm-hmm. he may not return first-round value. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he just may not. You look at his, uh, uh, his it is 218, so he's getting unlucky. You know, it, used to, it was 356 last year, 264, 369. It's always been over 300 outside of uh, 16, and this year it's at 218. So, yes, he mm-hmm. is getting a little bit unlucky here. I think that'll change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I agree with you. I mean, if someone were to offer me in a trade, uh, I would definitely be interested. I mean, uh, it's a good buy low. I don't know how much you could buy low on him because he still has the name recognition, but I guess it just depends on who your trade partner is. But uh, any other surprises uh, uh, at the start of the season? I mean, you know, we talked to Gary Sanchez, catcher for the Yankees, uh, on the disabled list, batting 190, 14 home runs, 36 runs batted in, dealing with a groin injury. Uh, at times, this guy has looked just lost at the plate. And you and I have discussed that uh, maybe some of his issues on defense are carrying over into the batter's box. Yeah, you, mo- you wonder if that is it. You know, the fact that a lot's made of his defense. Joe Girardi was on him last year. This year, again, the Yankees, like, lead earth with wild pitches. Uh, and that's not all on Sanchez. You know, some of that's on the Yankee relievers as well. You try and catch Batons, just Chapman. Guys hold about 100 miles an hour and sometimes have no idea where it's going. <clears throat> I thought mm-hmm. for the Yankees, in regards to Sanchez, stop having him set up over the outside corner, over the inside corner, framing a ball, whatever you want to call it, because when he does that, you know, he's framing the outside, and then they, they, they don't even come close to the target. It's all the way inside. He seems to be a little stiff, and he can't get to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and those are the being passed balls because he does, it's, they're not in the dirt, but they're missing the target by two feet. You know, once right, again, throwing right. that ball that hard, it's, I, I've wondered if that would help him a little bit. Yeah, you know, if mm-hmm. he were to stop doing that. Because I do think he takes, he's taken his defense a little bit to the batter's box because he's, well, a lot of times he's had that old uh, 11th commandment, you know, thou shalt not pass without being swung at, no matter where it is. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, you see the pitches he's swinging at, too. He just, like I said, he, at times he just looks totally lost. 
Yeah, that, that low curveball in the dirt. He seems to mm -hmm. have uh, like, like that, trying to get the shovel out there and dig it out. He keeps doing it over and over again. But he's another player. Mm -hmm. Once again, I would buy on. I'll assume he'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And the home runs were there. You know, before the injury, he was on pace still to hit 30. So that that's fine for a catcher. Lord knows uh, a lot of catchers can't hit this year. Hell, a lot of players can't mm -hmm. hit this year. You know, and we are mm -hmm. in the year, or I guess we are in the era of three true outcomes. Walk, strikeout, home run. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, Joel Sherman wrote about it in in the Post. Uh, late June, he wrote an article about 34% uh, of plays, and just like you said, eating either a homer, a strikeout, or a walk. Uh, strikeouts are up uh, for a 13th straight years. Uh, there's been uh, two out of the last three months where there's been more strikeouts than hits in a month. Yeah, it's. I'm not surprised. I mean, Joe, you and I are the same age. We, we've been watching baseball forever. You know, back in the mm -hmm. 70s, 80s, you had a, a handful of guys, a handful mm -hmm. that were throwing the ball 94 plus, mm -hmm. a handful. Now everybody and their mothers throwing the ball 94 plus, and which, right. I'm, I'm, and even harder than that, 97, 98. You get all these guys coming out of the pen who throw extremely hard. You know, it's just it's a different game nowadays. Once again, I think it's for. Uh, Humans do take care of themselves better. We're bigger people now than we were 40 years ago. We train better. We eat better. And you're seeing mm -hmm. the uh, payoff in all the athletics and all the sports. Now, these guys mm -hmm. are just better athletes. I think it's just what you're seeing now. You know, these guys, mm -hmm. everyone throws hard. So you're going to have more strikeouts. I'm not surprised about that. The fact that little ball has gone away. You know, you don't see hit and runs. When was the last time you saw a hit and run? I mean, I, I, I watched the Yankee games. And I, don't, I couldn't tell you the last time the Yankees had a hit and run. You just don't That's see it. Anyway. No one hits behind yeah. runners. Everyone's trying to hit the ball mm -hmm. 500 feet. Mm -hmm. Well, everyone's trying to uppercut the ball, right? The, you know, they, launch angle is just another word from when we were younger. The, you know, the uppercut. The, nobody says uppercut in the ball anymore. They just say, oh, his launch angle is such and such. And, you know, he's just trying to hit the ball out. And, uh, you know, when you talk about the Yankees, sometimes that scares me, like, you know, for their, you know, if they do make the playoffs, which we think they will. You know, if you live by the home run, uh, you know, you gets good pitching. The teams that are in the playoffs could, uh, could stymie you. <laughs> we'll be back to talk more fantasy baseball. we got fantasy football talk as well. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis. Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. You're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. And hey, who out there wants to go to a 2018 World Series game? 
Tune in to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network between July 8th and July 17th as we'll be playing the DKMS Trivia Challenge for your shot to call in with a chance to attend the Fall Classic in person. The number to play is 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-FNTSY. The contest is sponsored by DKMS who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. While 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their families, 70%, that's nearly 14,000 each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. Find out how you can help the cause and go to dailyrotocom slash DKMS. That's dailyrotocom slash DKMS. It's the DKMS Trivia Challenge, July 8th through July 17th. Call in and win. So uh, good job by uh, Sean Engel producing our show today. Uh, he's been doing a great job past several weeks. The Fantasy Prince bringing us in with uh, The Message. Uh, you familiar with that song, uh, that uh, rap song from, uh, I guess, the 80s? Grandmaster no, Flash. No, no, uh, Good not familiar stuff. with that song. Uh, you know, Corey Parson mm-hmm. on the Football Frenzy uh, last week had the, uh, the greatest line, I thought. He goes, any rap song that George knows should probably not be played. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, this is kind of like, in, I guess, in the 80s when, when rap kind of started to get, I guess, a little bit mainstream. You know, you had uh, uh, the Sugar Hill Gang. Have you ever heard of them? Uh, it sounds familiar. Don't wouldn't know any of their songs, but it does sound familiar. Mm-hmm. No, the good stuff. So, uh, all right. So, yeah, I mean, you're just a, a classic rock guy, right? And you just got the, the blinders on that way, right? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much stuck in 60s, 70s, 80s. You uh, say classic mm-hmm. rock, a little, uh, uh, there's a weird owl thrown in there. All right. Well, nothing wrong with that because I love classic rock. But, uh, you know, Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight, like I said, uh, Grandmaster Flash, The Message, good stuff. Uh, expand your horizons, Mr. George Kurtz. No. Thank All right. <laughs> I'm not going to make you. <laughs> uh, and, you know, before we left for commercial, we were talking about changes in the game, right? So uh, I have some, some stats that I just want to just bring up, right? So far this season, uh, the overall batting average is 246. The ISO, that's isolated power, is 161. And there's a, a K rate the, for, for the league. League's batters is 22.3%. So um, in 2017, uh, the uh, league batting average was 255. So it's gone down uh, like nine points. Uh, strikeout rate is just about the same. But, you know, you and I, like you said, we're about the same age. But I really started following baseball in the late 70s. So 1977, just to give you a little difference, right? The strikeout rate was 13.4%. And like I said, this year is 22.3%. And the ISO was 137 back then. And like I said, this year it's at 161. So it it definitely is a a different game, you know. And and 77, like I said, the K rate for batters was 13.4. 87, it went up to 15.5. 97, it went up to 17.1. Uh, and in 2007, it was also 17.1. So little by little, uh, strikeouts have become a little bit more of the norm. But, and you brought up a good point. I mean, you know, more and more pitchers are throwing 90-plus uh, mile-per-hour fastballs. Yeah, I mean, uh, also uh, strikeouts don't have the negative uh, aura that they used to. 
you know, back mm-hmm. back in the day, you know, 70s, 80s, and probably up to McGuire Sosa, striking out was a bad thing. You mm-hmm. struck out, that was bad. You, know, you didn't do Give anything for the team. Give me a name of a guy that you think was a, a, a strikeout, you know, hitter. Uh, like, I, I go back to Reggie Jackson, right? Right, the first guy like, comes to mind, yeah, Reggie. Right, yeah. Yeah, so let's see. I'm going to just put, I did this, I think, on a show a couple weeks ago with you. And his uh, lifetime K rate was 22.7, which is, you know, fairly high. But by today's standards, not bad at all, right? No, I mean, uh, the players don't care about striking out anymore. To a lot of them, an out's mm-hmm. an out. You know, and I don't believe mm-hmm. that. There are good outs. I mean, move your runner over, good out. You put a ball in play, you never know what might happen. Defense may screw it up. You know, mm-hmm. get an every, get on base. But I said, more importantly, run around second, nobody out. That ground ball to second base gets that guy to third. You know, mm-hmm. go run around third, no, less than two outs. Strikeout's not going to get him in. Fly ball gets him right. in. Ground ball might get him in. You know, these strikeouts don't do anything. So, to me, you'll, you'll never be able to convince you that an, uh, an out's an out. And a strikeout's the same mm-hmm. as any other out. It's not. Now, a strikeout's better than a double play. I'll give you mm-hmm. that. You know, if you're going to bounce to one of those, then hey, yeah, I'd rather see you strike out. But uh, right. it's the game is just different nowadays. It's taught differently. I said you don't see the hit and runs. You don't see you don't see many stolen bases outside of a couple of people who really move right. here. Teams don't want to give up their outs because they want to mm-hmm. get these sluggers another chance to swing as hard as they can, see if they can hit the ball 500 feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just to give you a reference, uh, Aaron Judge has a uh, strikeout rate for his career just under 32 percent. Um, but he's also walking uh, 17.1% for his career, too. And Joey Gallo, uh, 38.6% K rate. But uh, the, he's literally uh, just either a, a strikeout or a home run guy. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, a lot of, a lot of the game has changed. Uh, yeah, I think team, a lot of teams don't believe that you can have a sustained rally. You know, you're not going to be able to mm-hmm. hit three singles, a couple of doubles, and you know, score three, four runs. It, the runs are going to come off the three-run homer. You know, you're mm-hmm. around for a second, you've been hoping for that, then hoping for a few more singles. How does baseball com- uh, combat that? Maybe, I don't know, do you, do you lower the mound again? You know, they haven't done that in 40 years. Do they start thinking about <laughs> doing that? I mean, maybe mm-hmm. 60 foot, 6 inches now. You, know, you say it again, that was back when, you know, play, uh, human beings are much smaller. Maybe it mm-hmm. needs to be 62 feet. You know, maybe it needs to be 61 feet. You know, right. whatever it might be. I mean, there are adjustments that can be made, but then again, you're going to have people up in arms over the, uh, you know, the romanticism of the game because everybody loves baseball mm-hmm. and their numbers. If you start doing that, you change. But it's been this way forever, 60 mm-hmm. feet, 6 inches. And you know, it's all sports, not just baseball. Football, hockey, basketball, human beings are much bigger. Mickey mm-hmm. Mantle in, t- in today's game would be the size of an average shortstop. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. every, every, all these human beings now are monsters compared to what they used to be in yesteryear. Yeah, even Babe well, you can drink the average shortstop under the table. That's you can drink every, pretty much everybody under the table. <laughs> uh, you know, even Babe Ruth back then, people think he's such a big guy. He had a big stomach, right. yeah, but he, as far as a big mm-hmm. guy, he's big for that uh, that day and age. Not really big mm-hmm. uh, for this day and age. Right, right. Uh, well, you know, like I said, the uh, baseball competition committee is looking to make even further changes. Uh, you know, pace of play was a big thing, right? And uh, this week it came out that uh, Yankee outfielder Brett Gardner uh, was fined $2,000 for repeatedly breaking baseball's pace of play rule in April and May, not getting in the batter's box quick enough. So, I don't know, for some reason, when I heard this news, I just thought of you and uh, th- I wanted to hear your reaction because uh, I have a feeling that uh, you're probably going to be like, hey, well, at least uh, let me tell you how I feel. 
it's kind of BS, especially, you know, $2,000. I mean, you know, it's like he, he could floss his teeth with $2,000. But what did you think when you heard about that? At first, I thought it was getting the box, Brett. I mean, uh, obviously, you're, you're slow. All right? They're not looking mm. to, uh, to nail you. I mean, it makes a little sense to get in the box. You know, I think <laughs> as far as pace of play, I think there's a lot of things you could do here. You know, baseball, mm-hmm. like all sports, you know, more baseball and football, the TV networks want the game to fit into that three-hour window. You know, 7 mm-hmm. to 10, so you technically get the local news. Blah, blah, that's what they want. That's why I'll never right. understand why games start at 7-10. You know, 7-08, 7-11. Mm-hmm. Why don't you start the game at 7? You right. know, you play the national anthem at 6.58, go, play. That's what football does. Well, the Yankees experimented, didn't uh, or don't some of the games this year, they started at 6.30, yeah, Some yeah, they've had a handful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, remember, back in the day, Yankees used to play at 8. You know, back in the 70s when yeah. this game started. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And once you get prime time, 8 to 11. You know, then they mm-hmm. realize, hey, you can't get the fans home after midnight. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. not good either. So I mean, once, mm-hmm. once again, you could do that. You know, and that'll shave off 8 minutes from the game, and you might get done by 10. Uh, a batter, one foot in the box at all times. All right, stop mm-hmm. this where you're going on this little extravagance to go check out, uh, you know, sightseeing on the, the stands. Never understand that. You know, get get in there. Pitchers, throw the ball. For the love of God, throw the ball. Some of these guys are mm-hmm. looks like they're afraid, and everything's going to come to a uh, you know we got to wait twenty five seconds, thirty seconds for each pitch. It's it's annoying. Get the ball, throw mm-hmm. the ball. So there, there are things they can do. I'm a big proponent of the uh, computerized umps. As far as the home plate umpire, you want to make the game go by faster. That's a great way to do it. You know, what, uh, there's to be no arguments. You know, you have some kind of uh, light system behind the. Behind the whole plate, you know, it's a green, it's a strike, red, it's a ball, or vice versa, whatever you want to do. And, you know, you don't have all these arguments. You want to have uh, a strike zone being different from inning to inning, for pitcher to pitcher, batter to batter, which is, in my mind, kind of silly. You know, the home plate umpire in the end game last night was horrific for both teams, by the mm-hmm. way. You, you, no one knew what, what a strike was going to be. Low, inside, outside, high. He was just all over the place. And that's frustrating. You're you don't consistent, know what's going to be. at least, you know. Uh, you yeah, I mean, I've, I've always, right, if, you know, if he's calling a 24-inch strike zone, fine. As long as he's doing it for everybody, mm-hmm. all right, you, you can relate to that. But when it's 24, mm-hmm. then it's 16, then it's 12, then it's 30, no one knows. No one knows what mm-hmm. to strike. And that's, I think, that's what frustrates the players more than anything else. But for me, it, it makes the game fair. Uh, I, right. I cringe every time I hear, you know, well, the, this guy got a, uh, a big, gets a bigger strike zone because he's a veteran. He's a Hall of Famer. You know, mm-hmm. what? So the rookie gets a smaller strike zone because, the, I mean, let's have heard the rules don't say, don't say that. <laughs> you know, the plate's the plate. You know, and hit mm-hmm. it. And that, so that just drives me insane when, you, when I hear that, that, you know, the umpires are giving deference to, to certain players uh, because mm-hmm. of uh, who they are. That's why everybody who complains about the, the instant replay. How does that even become news? Like, I mean, if you're doing that, just like, keep it to you. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I agree with you a, a thousand percent on that. But, you know, how does that even it's been, That's been around forever. Public, you know, yeah. You know, people complaining about uh, since the instant replay, you know, you actually have to keep your foot on the base now when you do this, uh, uh, the tag play at second, the force play at second. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you actually have to follow the rules. Well, wasn't that a novel idea? <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, we yeah, instant it replay now. In the neighborhood, yeah. Right. It was just idiotic because the mm-hmm. neighborhood ended up being three feet away because they didn't want the runners <laughs> to get into them. Well, that, that's the game. Mm-hmm. That's the game. Yeah, the run, yeah. I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think the runners should be able to blast you back in, you know, once again, you go in the 70s and 80s. You know, some of these runners are looking to hit you into left field. You know, I'm, I'm actually a believer where you should be able to slide into the base. You could take the uh, fielder out as long as you're still able to touch the base. Right. So anything yeah, you're able to do, as long as like you can still touch the base, and, yeah. you're fine. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, and but uh, you know they all complain. Oh my God, he was only off the base by a, you know a fraction of an inch. Well, he was off the base, right? Off the base means mm-hmm. safe. 
right? Or, or out, depending on how you're looking at it. So, you know, I, it, doesn't bo- it doesn't bother me. You know, we were all, always all taught, stay on the base. You know, if mm-hmm. you're off the base, you're out. It's for, for that simple. Right. People say, you're taking the rule. To, no, you're, you're playing it by the rules. So I kind of like all that. Uh, but like I said, uh, I think what's most frustrating for most fans is the the batter who's wandering around home plate now, the pitcher not throwing the ball. Baseball's slow as it is. Now, it doesn't bother, it doesn't mm-hmm. bother you. I assume it doesn't bother me. We love the game. But I can understand why it bothers some fans. There's not a lot of action there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why I'm, I'm in favor of a pitch clock. Especially with this with new generation seconds. coming up. I mean, they, they need immediate gratification, right? Right. Oh, they do, right? Mm-hmm. The only players their video games and stuff like that. No one's playing mm-hmm. on the street anymore. So uh, I, mm-hmm. I like the idea of a pitch clock. Force that pitcher to throw the ball within 18 seconds. You know, keep that batter. I, mean, I, think, I think it's on the batter too. Keep that batter one one foot in the box at all times. You know, one thing I love about Aaron Judge, he never moves from the box. Mm-hmm. He's always in the box ready to hit. You know, and I, yes. I just think that's the, the, the way to go here, but they have to ingrain that. Ingrain that in the players. And all the players. Like I said, batters and pitchers alike. Don't just pick on the batters. Pick on the pitchers too. You know, get ball, mm-hmm. throw ball. Yeah, this isn't a movie where we need drama. We we need you to step out and and uh, look serious and you know you know look at your bat and whatever. But anyway, why don't we uh, talk a little bit about a specific player who uh, got called up this weekend? Uh, Kyle Tucker, outfielder for the Astros, got called up. Uh, looking at his numbers so far this season in. Triple A. Now, keep in mind he plays in the Pacific Coast League, which is very hitter friendly. Uh, so far this season, in 80 games, 306 batting average, 14 home runs, 66 runs batted in, and 14 steals. This guy is going to be highly sought after on the waiver wire this week. George, are you interested in Kyle Tucker? I'm interested in Kyle Tucker. Uh, he is one of their better prospects. You know, the question is going mm-hmm. to be. You know, he can hit. You mentioned uh, the PCL, Pacific Coast League, that is a hitter's league. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the numbers are going to be a little. Uh, a little skewed. Yeah. A little skewed, yeah. Uh, they yes. they optioned Jake uh, Marisnik, so he's gone. Uh, and mm-hmm. how much of a, a run are they actually going to give him? And that's the first thing I, I, I always ask myself. Are they going to give him a true shot at it? Mm-hmm. You know, is it going to be Tucker, Springer, and Reddick out in the outfield? Seems to be. But here's a question for you What happens when Carlos Correa returns? What do they do with Marvin Gonzalez? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. I think it depends on how hot uh, Tucker, you know, gets. Or you know, I mean, if he's struggling, I mean, then you know, the, they might option him back down. But uh, I think it depends on Tucker. No, I would agree, and that, that's not fair because I mean, mm-hmm. right now the Gonzalez uh, Correa looks like he could return right around the All Star break, maybe before, mm-hmm. maybe right afterwards. So he. Tucker can play, what, today's Saturday? He took nine games. Assuming they don't have any days mm-hmm. off next week. I don't, I don't know a fan. So eight to nine games. That's a small sample mm-hmm. size. You know, I mean, it's still 30 at-bats he's going to get. And uh, maybe he, he hits well. He's doing 10 for 30. Uh, maybe it's 5 mm-hmm. for 30 and he's not. And they send them back down. So it's, it's really not fair one way or the other. But I got to assume when, uh, when they're when healthy, you know, Correa's going to play short. Gonzalez's going to go back to the outfield. You know, Bregman, Altuve, mm-hmm. Gurriel. Uh, designated hitter will be between, uh, you know, Gaddis is going to get Gattis. a lot. Mm-hmm. You well, know, now McCann I, is out, right? McCann is out four to six weeks, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. McCann's uh, out yeah. until somewhere in late uh, with, with, I mean, Gaddis doesn't catch uh, much anymore, right? Maybe what, what at best could we expect from him? Maybe one or two uh, starts a, a yeah, week at catcher? Does he catch at all? Yeah. 
Uh, you know, but I, I wouldn't I, worry I about guys to catch. I mean, St- Stasi's a fine catcher if he can stay. And mm-hmm. he's actually somebody you should, people should look at if he's available in your league, right. especially if he just throws mm-hmm. some candies available. So bottom line is this. I like Tucker. You know, I do but like how him, aggressive would you be on the waiver wire? That's the question. How aggressive? Mm-hmm. How much are you going to spend? Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to go bananas. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a lot of it always depends on how badly you need an outfielder. You know, mm-hmm. if it's just somebody, eh, you know, I'm fine, but he's available, got a dead spot. Okay. I'll keep people honest. You know, mm-hmm. now, honest and, and leagues are different. You know, I know leagues where honest could be nine dollars because no one has any money left anymore. Or right. honest That's could be forty dollars. Right. It always such depends great on more... advice. You got to look at what your league mates have left, and and what you you presume to be their needs. Also, like I said, if you got the, the first place team, the, the one spot he's missing is an outfielder. Well, then maybe you want to make sure you don't. He doesn't get this guy. And just in case he or does uh, come on to be the next big thing. <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. I might well worry about that as well. And I, I take all that into account. Bottom line is I will mm-hmm. put in some bids on him. You know, uh, mm-hmm. just to, But for me, it's, it's going to be more to keep people honest. I don't think he's going to come up and be the next big thing where he's going to hit 16 home runs, but hit 300 and drive in 50 runs between now and the end of September. I don't see it being mm-hmm. that. But he might. You never know. I mean, he's got the power the ability to steal some bases, but we'll see. But you're right. Uh, I'll definitely be putting in some bids on him this weekend. And uh, when we come back, a little bit more fantasy baseball talk, uh, pitchers on the block, potential trades. You're listening to Juggling and George Kurtz. Weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Juggling at George Kurtz. Thank you for spending part of your weekend with us. It's some kind of like techno kind of music there, George. You like this stuff? Whenever I hear stuff like this, uh, did you ever watch the old TV series uh, Buck Rogers with Gil Garrod, Aaron Gray? <laughs> they always played yeah. stuff yeah. like this. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it always reminds, always uh, gets, brings me up to those kind of TV shows. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. mind it. Yeah. Yeah, who was the hot chick that was on that show? I think it was Aaron Gray. Aaron Gray. There you go. Wonder what she looks like today. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but uh, hey, um, you know that we uh, once in a while we'll talk about the World Cup because I know you're really into the World Cup, George Kurtz. Hockey? We've already spoken about the the World Cup of soccer uh, or football, as the rest of the world knows it, right? We've uh, covered the vibrating panties. We've covered uh, <laughs> Burger King offering free Whoppers lifetime for uh, females that would uh, get impregnated by soccer players that are in the God. tournament. <laughs> so uh, 
I figure uh, talk uh, about uh, Rabio, the Oracle Octopus. Have you heard of him? No, no, I have not no, heard no, of Rabio, no. the Oracle yeah, Octopus. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but he had predicted um, three of Japan's football or soccer matches. He, he uh, predicted uh, the outcomes, uh, including the, the final thing that he predicted was uh, their loss to Poland. Uh, yeah, that, that was his last uh, prediction. Uh, and what, what what they would do was they put uh, Rabio, the Oracle Octopus, in a pool containing three boxes with food, one representing Japan, another representing uh, its opponent, and a third representing a draw. And uh, in the experiment, the octopus tipped its tentacles towards the right boxes and uh, predicted a Japanese win against Colombia, a draw with Senegal, and a loss to, to Poland. So... Pretty good stuff uh, from Rabion. Like I said, unfortunately, no longer with us. Uh, they sent him uh, to the chopping block before the loss to Poland, but he predicted that they would lose to Poland. Supposedly, he was turned to sashimi. Are you a sushi sashimi kind of uh, guy? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I've never had sushi. I'm not going to have it. Give me really? a steak, please, and I'm a happy guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, uh, yeah. no, no, no. It doesn't look good. It's mm-hmm. colorful. I'm not mm-hmm. eating colorful food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like sushi. Yeah, sashimi is like, you know, it's basically like sushi without rice, you know, underneath. So there's really nothing to it, you know. So I, I My wife loves it. It's all hers. It. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, so while I was researching this uh, little thing on uh, Rabio, scientists actually feel that uh, we shouldn't be eating octopus. Uh, the... Uh, Say that they have a consciousness. It's they're they're a, a, an organism that has a consciousness and and doesn't deserve to be eaten. So uh, I, I take it that you probably have never eaten octopus. That's the reason why, because I'm all worried about that consciousness. That's it. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, no I octopus, octopus for me. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You know, being uh, you know from the Italian uh, generation uh, background, my father used to cook octopus, and every once in a while we'll cook an octopus. Uh, boil it. Sometimes you put it in, uh, in sauce, red sauce. Sometimes you just sprinkle some lemon juice on it. It's kind of tasty. But uh, uh, by the way, there was another uh, Oracle octopus in the past, Paul. He lived in a German aquarium and correctly predicted eight World Cup matches in the year 2010. Uh, eventually, uh, later that fall, he was found dead of natural causes. So, uh, you know, R.I.P. Paul and R.I.P. Rabio. So if he had eight right, does that mean he had the other 40 wrong? Well, I'm not sure if he only was uh, given eight matches to predict. You got to do a little more research on Paul. So, but uh, yeah, back back to sports uh, that 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 George follows. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, Glaber Torres is on the DL, uh, hip strain. And uh, he was really, uh, he was really, you know, he was the goods, as good as advertised. Uh, 294 batting average, 350 OBP, 555 slugging, 15 home runs, 55 runs better than in 63 games. They actually invited him to uh, take part in the home run contest f- uh, for the All-Star uh, game, I guess presuming that he was going to be chosen to the squad. But he said, hey, I'm a contact hitter, not really a home run hitter. But uh, like I said, fulfilled every expectation. The only thing that really was missing from his game so far uh, were the stolen bases because he, he was stealing some bases in the minor leagues. But uh, he had a few lapses on defense. But for the most part, looked really smooth on the field. 
Yeah, he looked. Uh, he did look smooth. He's. Uh, it's a loss, but once again, it's a minimal loss because it looks like he'll be back immediately after the All Star break. That uh, he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's with the team in Toronto now. They've said that uh, Gliver will perform some baseball activities in Baltimore. Yankees are in Baltimore Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, and then I think he's eligible to DL shortly after that. But I don't think they'll bring him back before the All Star break. There's no reason to. Yeah, you, know, you just give him the extra four days off. So I expect him to be back uh, when the games resume after that. I think you're going to be fine. So, it's a minor hip impingement. They think they caught it quickly, so nothing too severe. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a Yankee fan, you should get Torres back and Sanchez back right after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you think that, let's say, a Neil Walker, who's going to get the majority of starts? I mean, I know he's had a real tough start to the season, but uh, just 7% owned. Uh, I think he's worth a, a dollar and a holler, as our uh, friend the fantasy exec would say. Well, your problem is this. Uh, once again, you're talking a uh, very small you know, amount of time he's going to play. You know, the Yankees mm-hmm. have, what, uh, two games, and you get, I think they have eight next week. They have, the Yankees have ten games before the break. So you, uh, I don't think Walker's going to play all ten. And here's the problem with Walker. He's batting 185. 188. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, he's got two home runs, 15 hours. He's not doing anything. Sooner or later, mm-hmm. I wonder if the Yankees are going to go, you know what? We brought up Tyler Wade. Goodbye. He can't hit either, but Tyler Wade's mm-hmm. a ten times the defensive player that Walker is. So if neither one mm-hmm. can hit, don't you play with a defensive player? I mean, mm-hmm. don't you? No, not to mention, if Wade is able to hit, that's a trade chip the Yankees could use. Sure. So uh, I have to think that Tyler Wade, and once, this may not matter because this, maybe this decision, this decision's not made till Wednesday. You know, so today's mm-hmm. only five games that he gets to play. So it may not matter here, but I'm not going out of my way to claim Walker or Wade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a point there. Uh, a couple other guys I was looking at, and, and you're right, it could be a short-term thing. But uh, if you need just like a quick short-term kind of uh, player to stick in there, I mean, uh, you have uh, just – I'm going to just give you three names, and uh, I know you're not going to be impressed with any of them. But uh, Daniel Robertson, 18% owned, uh, was the flavor of the month earlier in the season. Uh, you know, you have some issues with playing time with Joey Wendell there, but uh, eligible second, third, shortstop, even played the outfield uh, earlier this week. So not yet eligible there. But uh, 265, seven home runs, 22 runs batted in in uh, 67 games, batting uh, 297 over his last 10. I'll throw two other names at you. Brad Miller. What do you think about this guy, Brad Miller? Came over to Milwaukee. Uh, and again, he's another guy that he's been playing a lot since he came to Milwaukee. But, uh, you know, the playing time could be an issue with uh, Jonathan VR still there and whatnot, but uh, maybe a ride him while he's hot kind of guy. 12 games, two home runs, 316 batting average. Uh, I mean, long-term, look, you know what you're going to get out of Brad Miller. I mean, 240-plus hitter, some power because he, he once hit 30 home runs. And then Ben Zobrist at 42% own uh, in 70 games this year, 293 batting average, six home runs, 33 runs batted in over his last 11 333, two home runs, eight RBI. Uh, any interest in any of these guys? Well, not in 10 team leagues. Uh, probably not in 12 mm-hmm. team leagues. You're probably looking at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on what you need here. Maybe you're really banged up at the at the position. If you're forcing me mm-hmm. to choose one, I'm probably, I mean, once again, it comes down to what category you're trying to hit as well. I'm leaning towards mm-hmm. Brad Miller, but you stated it. He's mm-hmm. not going to be an every, none of these guys are everyday players. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, no, I'm not going with uh, Robertson, Tampa Bay. It's just, uh, I don't see any much upside there. I can be mm-hmm. talking to Zobritz because he's uh, eligible at a few other positions. He can fill some areas. Second but again, in outfield, yep. Right. There's no – There's no. Uh, he's not going to play every day. There's no upside here. Give me Brad Miller. Mm-hmm. I'll take the power. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. Uh, 
since we're talking about uh, you know second baseman and, and middle infielders and whatnot, but uh, you know, and I mentioned how uh, Gleyber Torres has been as good as advertised and uh, fulfilled pretty much every expectation except the stolen bases. Let's talk about a guy that really hasn't. But what about a Yoan Moncada? Uh, you know, billed as a, a can't miss prospect uh, so far this season. Uh, coming into this weekend, 230 batting average, 11 home runs, nine stolen bases, 123 strikeouts in 79 games. I mean, what happened to this guy? I mean, overall for his career, uh, coming into this weekend, yeah, basically we could we have a good sense of uh, what he what he's capable of so far. I mean, I'm not writing him totally off, but in 536 at bats, 229 batting average, 19 homers, 20 stolen bases. Uh, has some issues against lefties, 189 versus lefties. Obviously has issues against everybody, but especially terrible against lefties. Uh, just about a 35% strikeout rate. Has a real tough time against uh, breaking balls and off-speed uh, stuff. 51% whiff rate against breaking stuff. That's uh, per Brooks baseball. Well, he's still young. He's only 23. Uh, this is his mm-hmm. first full season in the majors. Uh, but you're right. He was considered to be a can't-miss prospect uh, out of Boston. Uh, it was going to be the next big thing. Sort of going to be Gleyber Torres before Gleyber Torres. And, man, they batted 231 last year, 230 this year. The OBP is 295, which means you're not getting on base mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and this, the, the numbers certainly verify that. You said 124 strikeouts, only 29 walks. I mean, boy, you play in one of the better hitters ballparks in the majors, too, in uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. I, I, what, what are you going to do here? I mean, really, wh- wh- if you're holding on to him, I guess the question is why? He does have 11 home <laughs> runs, but do you really need the power? Because he's a drag on your average. He's not stealing. Mm-hmm. He's got nine stolen bases. So he's got nine stolen bases base as well. That's decent. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, 18, 20 for the year, and that's valuable. Anybody who's stealing mm-hmm. more than 15 stolen bases is incredibly valuable because no one steals yeah. anymore. But that mm-hmm. drag on the average is what's, what's going to concern me. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. you know, overall, I think he'll figure it out eventually, but it may be two years down the line. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he's like I said, he's only twenty three. He's young. Maybe the White Sox didn't bring him along too quickly. You know, maybe he, uh, he should have, should have spent more time in the minors. But being from Cuba, where I think some people consider the Cuban League already, you know, Triple uh, A, that he'd be able to mm-hmm. hack it up the majors. Not working here. You know, not right. yet. So uh, I do have faith long term, but for this year, unless I need the bags, I'm moving on. There you go. I, I guess we're also spoiled because, like I mentioned, Gleyber Torres uh, getting off to a nice start. Uh, Miguel Andahar getting off to a good start. Ozzy Albies, you know, a second-year player, uh, having a nice year. And Ronald Acuna, though he's not, uh, you know, tearing up the, the league, doing doing well. I mean, not embarrassing himself, you know, in the 260, 270 range and, and some power hits some big home runs. And uh, speaking of uh, uh, young players, rookies, uh, Shohei Otani's back. And we had kind of alluded to this uh, last week. Uh, he's back as a hitter. Uh, in his four games back, first four games, two for 12. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, I think a, a lot of fantasy players might not be able to take advantage of Otani the hitter. Well, assuming you're in a league in which you can, uh, that he, mm-hmm. he does have outfield eligibility or first, whatever, that you can put, plug him in there, I just may be the best thing for you. Because was he really helping you as a pitcher? Pitching one day a week, skipping starts from here and there. I mean, he was never mm-hmm. going to be a two-star a week pitcher, so this might be the best thing for you. So I mean, he he is the hitter that he looked like uh, in April, May, uh, part of June. So uh, mm-hmm. I think, like I said, I think this is good. My question is, what happens in two, three weeks from now when you know the platelet injection? They'll, they'll see the results of that. 
Are they going to try and make him a pitcher again if he uh, if he's getting if he's healing? Or let's say they decide, okay, he needs Tommy John surgery. Does that mean they shut him down? You know, so I'm curious mm. to see where this goes here. I only own Otani in one league. I had one share of him. And like I said, I'll take him as the hitter. Stole base last night, scored the winning run. I'll take that. You know, mm-hmm. I think he can add some, some power. So I think uh, at least now you can plug him in the lineup here. But there's another question. Is he an everyday player now? You know, are they going to play him? You know, okay, you're going you know, to bat fifth in the lineup now, day in, day out. Are they going to do that? Or are they still going to baby him? Where maybe he doesn't play against left-handers. A certain, uh, you know, we want to make sure we give him two days off a week. So I, I don't think anybody has I any idea what they would have to. But that's yeah, a good question. But I don't see why they would have to. I mean, unless you know, part of his regimen, you know, is healing uh, from that, you know, ulnar uh, issue with his arm. Uh, they might want to, you know, baby him a little bit. But uh, other than that, you know, and 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 he's is he DHing? Is that what he's doing? Still. I think that's where yep, they're going to have him uh, in the immediate because they, yeah. they don't want him to throw the ball, right? So they have no choice. Yeah, they have so. to DH him. Yeah. But uh, in your league, he might he might qualify at someplace else. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to. If he can't throw a pitch, I can't see them, see them uh, <laughs> wanting him to throw the ball. You know, from right field to second base in the outfield. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I mentioned Okuna. Uh, tightness in, in his left groin uh, and left uh, Friday night's game. So monitor that uh, over the weekend. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's too serious, but hey, sometimes you don't know. I mean, groin injuries are uh, tough. You know, you already missed a month with a mild ACL sprain. Uh, we found out this week, we had talked about, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, Danny Salazar, uh, Cleveland starting pitcher, out for the year. So, uh, and uh, you got a couple of guys coming back off the DL this week and are expected to be two-star pitchers. Uh, Chris Archer, I believe he's back Monday. Uh, he has the Tigers and the Twins this week. Uh, I think maybe the uh, Tampa Bay Rays using him, uh, showcasing him for a potential trade. They might. I mean, either way, I, I think you know me. I don't like starting pitchers or anybody coming off a long injury right away. But mm-hmm. two-start mm-hmm. week, Detroit and Minnesota, I'm not mm-hmm. so sure I can do any better than that. So I'm going to start it this week and hope and pray. I do think they're mm-hmm. – uh, You know, you're going to get the I've, strikeouts with him. That's the thing. I don't know if I'll specifically say they're showcasing him. But mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, hey, if they get a good offer from him, I do think they'd move him. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't think if they're bringing him out there just to uh, do that. Archer's big problem this year has been third time through the lineup. He's having a big mm-hmm. issues with that. First two times, not a problem. Getting that fifth, sixth inning. When you, uh, the guys get the third time to see him, they've been hitting him. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Masahiro Tanaka coming back off the DL this week? Um, I, I know you just mentioned, and you've mentioned it before, where you don't like to start someone uh, as soon as they come off the DL. But um, against Baltimore, at Baltimore, and at Cleveland, uh, it could be uh, two tough starts. I mean, Baltimore, you know, we know that they kind of stink, but Baltimore is a, t- a tough uh, hitter's park. I mean, uh, so Tanaka's back. You mentioned the two starts. Uh, CeCe's going to start the game one with a doubleheader on Monday. He puts Tanaka on Tuesday. Then he gets Cleveland probably the Sunday before the All-Star break. Tanaka wasn't that good to begin with. His ERA was hmm. right around five. He was getting shellacked. He was just Keep picking up, up W's because of the Yankees mm-hmm. offense. The Yankees offense, mm-hmm. I think, was scoring almost seven runs per game in his starts there. So if you need wins, mm-hmm. fine. If you want to protect your ERA and your whip, I wouldn't start him this week. Right. Okay. There you have it. Straight from George. Uh, to you. So um, when we come back, we're going to be talking some fantasy football, George. Uh, like I said, the Scott Fishbowl Leagues, 
uh, going to be uh, starting their drafts Monday. Looking forward to that. Uh, I have the number one overall pick in my league. And uh, already pre-draft. I'll tell you who it is. It's really no surprise. But when we come back, we'll switch gears. Fantasy football. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 